Welcome to Boss Lady Alliance. We are back in action, ready to do a deep dive into our last episode, episode three, about groundedness. And um, I'm excited to step into uh, the conversation that we left off with, which is um, really, I think, boils down to practical application, but also practical application as women and really um, amplifying what that experience is. So, and um, I'm Christy Silva. I'm a leadership coach and business analyst, and I help e-commerce companies that run sustainable businesses um, really empower their human experience within their organization and culture, as well as with their customer and relationship with the people that are using their products. My name is Muna Silva, and I concentrate on the process and the where people interact with the process. And I follow it through from uh, the beginning to the final execution to ensure correct action comes out of the instructions that are laid out and the process meets expectations. Um, this last week has been great because I've been dealing with a huge disaster where everybody went left and the process was supposed to go right. Um, but that's what I live for. It's fun. <laughs> Stop <Yes>. security. <laughs> Stop security. Yes. Yeah. It's it's funny how um the big mistakes, very this one very, very costly and timely. Um from very, very simple, um, just poor, you know, human factor uh, miss in in paperwork and instruction. It was very, very simple and the smallest change should right the ship, but um, it was a pretty harsh lesson that sometimes you really have to walk through the process and really try and put yourself in the end user's shoes to make sure that it's gonna come out the way you expect. Yeah, what a reminder, the little, the little things. I think that's been something that's really been big for me lately is like how important the little things are. I always like to, I always like to foster the big things because they're exciting, they're fun to share and they make, they allow me to feel a little more empowered or and and I'm not even sure it's a good empowerment, right? It's probably more of a stroke of the ego. And um, and I think too, it's cultural, you know, like I think we as a culture, at least in the US, really value bigness or big experiences, big shifts, big changes, big ideas. And um but I honestly really feel that in my day-to-day life, it is the little things that I do on a consistent basis or even just a little thing. It may not even be consistent uh, that can really move mountains for me. And it sounds like, I mean, even in a business, right? Like if, if there is not, if there's a lack of mindfulness and if, you know, we're talking about groundedness right now, right? So groundedness provides the uh the awareness or the mindfulness necessary to take your time and to really have awareness of the little things 
if you if you aren't allowing yourself or give, giving yourself that or making that a priority, you can miss a little thing and then it can blossom up, you know, into this huge deal where um, the lesson is um, it's a it's a big problem for a very simple and easy solution. No, I love it. I mean, it really all it all meshes the importance of little things. I love the little things, um, the foundation, the building blocks, the structure on which the build, the big things come out of. Um, I love focusing on the, on the little pieces. And I think that's why, um, you know, following our last discussion and groundedness and, and staying centered, you know, it is, it, it is all the same thing, taking that little time and building that little piece and, and focusing on that little piece of yourself so that you can go out and provide this greatness. It, it's really, it's all, it's all the same discussion. Yeah. It's really kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm so curious if you, um, having recently um, contemplated groundedness, did that, do you think that that helped you as you walked into this um, large scale problem solving process? You know, I got off a little easy because, I mean, I was, um, you know, 3,000 miles away going, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> well, well, come back. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't, uh, so I didn't have the full brunt of this time, which is nice. I just had to write a bunch of paperwork saying this is what happened and this is how we fixed it. Uh, you know, it wasn't me pulling the all-nighters like it used to be and working around the clock to correct the situation. So, so that was kind of nice. Um, but also very, very frustrating in another sense, because, you know, man, if I could have just gotten down there, I could have fixed it, right? Oh. Um, yeah. So, so that was a different experience for me. And I think, yes, absolutely. Like um, going, you know, the fact that I had managed to be fairly rested and was, um, you know, have been being more aware of groundedness just since we've talked about it and, and the importance of sleep and the importance of being and breathing throughout the day, um, you know, I do feel like I was able to ride that better because I think, I mean, I hadn't thought about it too much, but um, the fact that I wasn't as stressed as I could be now looking back at the fact that, that I wasn't there to just fix it and that I, you know, I was guiding others through it remotely, um, you know, it, that could have really pushed me much farther over the edge than it did. So, I must have been doing something right to not lose it or to not just get on an airplane and go. Right. Yeah. You had the mindfulness to, to stay and, and to take a breath and, and delegate. That's interesting. Like I, I think as leaders and, and even if yours was physical, but it, the physical distance really created a, um, almost like a, an experiential or emotional or a feeling distance from the problem itself. So then you had the space you needed to um, understand what happened to contemplate a solution and then to delegate that out. Like I, I you know, listening to you talk, I, I think about like, you know, maybe even in, in groundedness allows us that distance from um you know, the given event or, or problem or um, anything that would kind of take us out of 
um, take us off the beam or where we are um, reacting versus responding, you know, and groundedness gives that space, whether it be physical or emotional or mental. Um, <clears throat> I think that's really important for leaders to have. So then they can come from a, a more neutral space um, and really understand what kind of mindset they want to embody to um, to support the you know the team or the group to a solution or to a, a celebration or you know like how do you navigate it doesn't have to be all bad it can be even the good things that you miss because you're um, emotionally connected to them right like how can you use this as leverage for my team you know um that's interesting I, I love that the distance really kind of gave you some space between yourself and the and the event itself yeah I I mean looking back now I can see that you know I was accepting of the distance it didn't feel like a hindrance and you know now I'm seeing okay you know the response was, you know, Muna gave us the guidance and the, you know, the knowledge to go and correct the situation. Muna didn't just show up and like take over, which God knows I love to do. <laughs> Very good at just taking over. So, so yes, I think all things considered, it worked out really well. Well, what a testament to your growth and emotional intelligence. You know what I mean? Like, because that is so easy to do, especially when it's so accessible that you could get there at a moment's notice, um, no problem. And and you have the autonomy to do that, you know? So you, you didn't take that easy way out in a sense and really stayed with it in it, you know? I, I love that. That, that. that to me shows good and um, true leadership, transformational leadership for sure. Missed you these last few weeks in the warm fuzzy cheerleaderness you always give me. I'm just speaking truth, man. I'm not. I'm not blowing any smoke up your skirt. I am just literally telling you. I know, uh, but I haven't had any of this for weeks. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And what and what a cool experience to like. I mean, I guess we're we're benefiting from that, you know, because it's um, it's cool to talk about real life situations when you're talking about these kind of you know high level cerebral concepts you know it's like how do we how do we draw it into where someone can you know our listeners can really um look into our lives and understand how we can walk our talk so to speak you know yeah and I have to say um you know Interestingly enough, I haven't been able to do the normal things that I do to to center and to, um, you know, clear my head. Uh, we've talked about this, like I'm very physical, like I, you know, uh, I don't do stadiums, but I like to do stairs and rowing and, you know, uh, biking and anything that's physical. And uh, I haven't been able to do that for a couple of weeks. And so I kind of just um find my find ways to be okay with being more still and doing other things like um some you know sewing and different things that I don't always focus on because I would rather go outside and play because I'm a big kid um so I'm here to also to attest that not only can you set yourself into being in a, you know someone people want to work with 
but also you can do it through methods that aren't always your first choice. Yeah. Um, Wait, you, a, you picked up, you started sewing? What did you do? Oh, no, I, oh um, I'm trying to alter some clothes. It's not my strong suit, but, but yes. That's fearless, man. I, there's no way I could touch a needle. I would. Don't judge me by my seams and like the stitches, but by the overall facts, it will stay together. And it'll look okay unless you look at the details. Like, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That is so cool. I don't want to go shopping. <laughs> That's all that is. Yeah, the other day, I um, I had done a hard thing or something. I don't know what it was. And I was like, I really want to go shopping. I'll go to the thrift store. And then I was like, no, Christy get your butt home and start doing your to-do list like stay on track you know like because I will I'll spend three hours in the thrift store and then all of a sudden my day is you know done and and I haven't gotten anything done so I've you know it's interesting like you you went to sewing and and altering what you have and and I kind of went to what I have too. And I'm curious if some of the things that happen to us when we are grounded is that we are grateful for what we have and we actually have an awareness around that that is um, much more heightened than than if we weren't so grounded. Like I, I feel like I'm actually, I don't feel like I need anything. Whereas maybe a year or so ago, I'm like, I need a new outfit. I, I need this, I need that, or, you know, I don't have enough, so to speak. I, I feel like I have enough from just bringing some attention to how am I, how am I, how am I grounded today? How, how, do, how am I settled? How do I feel connected? I don't know. Do you experience that? Yeah. And I find um, that it's, it's more fun and fulfilling to be in the want. So, yeah. you know, to, um, be looking at, you know, something like a cute shirt or whatever, and just kind of checking in on it, seeing if it's still available um, for weeks, as opposed to just buying it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> after I have it, I'm like, okay, that's great. I'll wear it for years. But because I do. Um, but I'm like, it's really fun just kind of wanting it and eyeing it for a while instead of just jumping right to the having yeah yeah you know yeah. not a lot just just a little just one little thing here or there something There's that's just that. legitimate to buy for yourself but you don't really need yeah <laughs> yeah I love that like groundedness really kind of offers us a new way of experiencing joy mm -hmm. On average, women are seen as nurturers or even um, emotional fixers, right? Like men say would be, or the masculine would, would typically be more mechanical in a sense. And, and women would be more on um, connectedness and, and emotional um, fixing or nurturing or... Um, supporting in that way. Groundedness has really shifted my need to 
fulfill a particular identity that I am actually compelled to really allow others to participate in that process. And um, so, for example, because I feel like I'm being very petty, is that say like I don't I don't really cook dinner for anyone. <laughs> I don't cook, and yet um, I purchase food, right? And so, um, the food that I purchase is aligned with my values for our household. It's organic. It's cruelty free. It's doesn't have hormones, it's super healthy, a little bit more expensive. Um, and that's what's available for someone else to cook with, you know? And I used to get really frustrated when um, people in the family would purchase things outside of my value system as far as food goes, right? And I would want to um, fix that or redirect that or get involved in that. And I feel less compelled to do that. And I honestly attribute that to um, the groundedness. I feel less needing to fix or shift or change or get someone to see it my way. And um, in my not doing, I, I have found that that in itself is nurturing for the people in my family. Does that make sense? Like I don't have to do in order to nurture. I'm redefining how I show up for my family and it, and it is challenging. It has challenged the identity norms and I have less conflict with that the more grounded I am. Yeah, I think it helps you take your battles and give you that, you know, where you know you're on your path, it automatically becomes less important that mm -hmm. other people are. Like, if you're okay, you know, you're doing your thing. Yeah. And right? <laughs> here's the interesting thing is I stopped pushing or pressuring anyone to do anything. And all of a sudden everyone's showing up with organic salads and everyone is, everyone has gotten on board with uh, my expectations of what food we should have or not have. Riddle me that. The second I stopped pressuring anyone because I didn't need to, I was fulfilled because I was, I felt very grounded that there was a shift in every single person in the family to where they are now eating the way I eat. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's how, and it's so healthy and it's so, um, I mean, not because you got your way, but because, I mean, that's such a powerful place to come from self and exude and influence um, in a respectful and, and mellow manner. Like those are the kind of, when we see people like that and we hear about that girl, I mean, I guarantee everybody's like, man, that's the kind of person I want to be. Right. And, and it doesn't, it is a, it's a minor shift, um, you know, of not entering from a place of guilting or a uh, uh, obligating 
or even like obliging and, 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 um, you know, giving of, you know, yourself or, or, um, bending to conform. Um, so it just, it happens, you know, and it just, it's organic and it's, you know, clean and kind and generous. And, you know, it doesn't lead to that personal resentment of, like if you had tried to force it and it didn't, wouldn't work, you would have felt all that stress and anxiety and, and annoyance at people and they would have had it at you. And instead it just, you know, just is, it just kind of sprang up. Yeah. Man, can you repeat that in all areas of your life? Cause you'd be like a goddess. Oh wait, you are. Oh, I'm trying, you know, it's interesting cause I've, I've been trying this in, in several different areas and 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 it's not always and here's the thing is it's like yes I I celebrated the success of of that how my family is um nurturing their bodies through food is um is aligned with my values now much more aligned with my values and that makes me happy because they're going to live longer and have better lives and all those things right like that's what makes me happy um, and that they made it their decision, right? Like, I don't, I don't, it, it, I'm free to kind of do my thing. And, um, you know, I, I lead that way. Um, when I've worked with a team, I led that way a bit too. And and I feel like that's part of transformational leadership or, so, but they, they call it, so people call it service leadership. And I think that can kind of turn some people off, right? Because I'm of service to others in a way. And I think as a woman, I, I definitely grit my teeth when I, when I say that, because I don't want, I, I don't want to minimize because of social, I think, assumptions that I have for sure that ser that being of service means that I'm, I'm subservient. Right. And that's actually not true. And in fact, I talked to another woman who is in a service role and she, um, her name is Kendry and she's amazing. And she talks about, um, and she corrected me in how I worded something, which I really appreciated. And, um, you know, she talked about how she wears her service role um, like, um, like, a, like a badge of honor. And she has a cape and she's like, I, you know, I, that is my superpower, right? And, and I am empowered by this. And that this allows me to be my most authentic self and be much more effective and and show up in a way that is truly authentic and um, you know really allows me to get shit done, so to speak. You know, and and so I think it's really contending. I think there's a couple things happening. One is. Um, for myself, and I think you, there's several different um, belief systems or words that might that that it would be fun to explore with you to like re redefine what that means for us, um, like success being one of them. But I think in in the context of this conversation, I think you know just you know service, like what does that mean, and um, and how why am I so caught up with the power struggle of what that word um, conjures up within me? And, and if I lay down, if I put a, not lay down, but if I put aside that power struggle that, 
that I feel welling up in, in me that when I say service and, and, and don't assign any kind of hierarchy to it. It, um, it changes my whole outlook, especially as a woman, because I, I feel that I need to show up empowered. I need to show up in a way that inspires and empowers other women and is strong. And, you know, all of these kinds of um, um, new ways of working or existing. And, and, then, and then I say service, and I feel like that drops it back down to the old ways of being right and 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 I don't think that is true I think we have to redefine the words um today as they mean today and not lean on the, the definitions from our past and I think individually I get to redefine how I view service how I view success how I view strength and so I use transformational leadership because that resonates more and I, and it doesn't have any um, old baggage attached to it, but, but in a sense, it is truly service leadership. And um, that in itself has proven over and over again through many studies that I read that, that service leadership is the number one way to affect positive and um, sustainable change both within a culture, within, um, uh, you know, financials, within um, sustainability of processes and um, structure, like, like service leadership is uh, so powerful. It is one of the most powerful leadership styles that we have um, defined. And uh, yet, uh, that's the one I don't really want to talk about. You know, what's with that? I think just as we we talked about last, um, you know, at the beginning of the the grounded conversation, that the the role of females in our culture, especially in the Western culture, is being so greatly redefined, mm-hmm. and that we are in still within stages of our adolescence, and just like you know that that um that crust has you hit when you're when you're growing up and we we see it we saw it in ourselves and we we see it in our children where um you know that uh like bravado of maturity where they you know we we act older or we put start putting on those airs of grown up and um you know in certain things you know alarm us or we have more trouble dealing with certain words and certain things because um, they kind of puncture that vision we have of what we are and what we're supposed to grow into. Mm-hmm. And we hit that and luckily we come out of it and we come to our senses and we, you know, realize that you can't get fake grown up or adult, right? It, it happens. Um, and, you know, however we defined it was, you know, just a childhood construct anyway. And I think we're doing that same thing where, you know, these some of these words are bugging us more and these concepts because we know we need to let them go as women and as individuals and as a society um, but we're still not fully ready to do that yet and so they, they're irking at us and we can't own them because we know eventually we're never going to we're, we're not going to be able to own them as we see them today we are going to have to redefine 
and reassess and you know someday we'll be able to say I am of service and not feel that pit in our stomach of that means I'm giving up something of myself for another person because right now that's what that means that's why we we have trouble swallowing that is because right now it means I'm not doing being true to myself or I'm not doing something for me to stop and do something for you and in the future that won't be true anymore we will be able to serve whole but right now I mean we're not there yet so I'm with you like I don't like it but I have hopes that someday um be able to be of service and not feel like it's costing me something yeah it's interesting too because the act of being of service is probably one of the most rewarding special moments of awe that I experience in my day-to-day life is, is when I am of service to someone else and also really brings so much purpose to my own self-care it it's so intrinsic in me but the 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 definition and the context and and really um the fear of um, losing respect especially within I want to say community, you know, in a group of people. It could be respect at home or it could be respect um, within a group outside of work or outside of the home or a group, you know, or at work, you know, in in the professional environment. Um, Almost signing myself up to lose that respect. And I think my hanging on to that old belief is... um, part of the reason why it still continues. If I absolutely let go of that belief, it will no longer continue within my perspective. And I think that I I won't ever put myself in a position to experience that. My perception of my reality will totally change the second I'm able to let go of those old beliefs and ideals. And, And I can walk very free of the fear of um, what I'm afraid of when I think of service, you know, like respect and things. So it's it's interesting. And so it's almost like I can't expect anyone else to do that work. I think it's only truly my work because it is it ends up being only truly my experience. And then I I automatically get to experience a different life because of that shift. And I think groundedness is is um, the one thing that will consistently breathe air into that work, you know? I agree wholeheartedly that that is work of self. Like that is something we each have to own as individuals. I do challenge that it's something you have to fully let go of, like that it's a belief. I don't think it's a belief. Um, I think it's easy to see it as a belief, but I think... um, intrinsically there is a difference that unfortunately kind of fall into the same words in our language that you enjoy and and oh my god are amazing at helping others um, and give so much of yourself and um and you talk about it as rewarding and you love that you know but the the difference when it's rewarding and when you are when it fulfills you and when it it makes you is when the place in which you come to that those roles and 
the choice you're making to do them mm. versus when when it's not when you're when you're unhappy with it when you feel like it's subservient and it's holding you back and it's demeaning you it's because you're coming at those actions from a different place and I'm saying you but this is how we all are (laughs) this is all of us right you know um when it feels like an obligation when it feels like it's expected when you know um and that's why um I think I said you know that that we have to challenge um you know when we say I need an hour to go do and you don't feel like it's respected um we have to start with ourselves Mm-hmm. right? Like we have to separate that, that hour for me to go for a run or to do something that, that fulfills me and grounds me and makes me a better me for myself and for the world. We need to own that. And we need to n- separate that, like, however we can in our minds so that um, we don't feel that, that lack of respect or, or um, have that conception that it's not being respected um, first by ourselves so that others can respect it. And then we need to figure out how to, <laughs> all that other stuff that we end up doing, yeah. you know, what do we, what can we stop doing? What, what of that, I mean, there's going to be tasks we absolutely have to do, but what of that can we let go of yeah. in favor of doing this other stuff. Um, and I hate that it's the same wording, but it, it is like, I don't know another way to say it, but like yeah. other language to use, but uh, I can see it very clearly in my head, like two different things. And it's, it starts with self of that place, you know, and it's that choice of what I want to do versus what I'm forced to do by society or some kind of other obligation. Yeah, it's not, it, it's not, um, yeah, ob- obligation totally changes the, the intention or motive behind the action, right? Like, yeah, I love, I, yeah, I appreciate that. That's, I mean, if we can fix that perception ourselves, then, then it will be seen different to the world than we'll be seen. And that's exactly what you did with, you know, you let something go. That's it. You let it go. You quit fighting. And you were able to see, you know, a small shift as a great change. And we're happy with it. I don't want to take it away from you because it's such an amazing thing. But I'm wondering if, you know, you step back and tried to look at it, you know, and say, okay, if I kept pushing and kept fighting and put big placards in the kitchen or, you know, man, you came home and you didn't buy organic or what's with this chicken? This is not free range. You know, whatever it was, if you bought it and, um, and the family had own, you know, had done, um, met the same level as they're meeting now, if it would even have been this fulfilling, like it wouldn't have been rewarding when it finally happened. And you would have cost yourself that. Yourself, yeah. Not them. It's interesting because like I would have cost myself and then I would have been the person creating the obligation. Right. You know what I mean? All stress and anxiety. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to be obligated to do anything, but I'm going to obligate you to do things while, and in my pushing to obligate other people to do what I want them to do, I'm the one suffering as well as them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, 
yeah. huge negative ripple. Yeah, you're instead right. you inverted it and you made this positive ripple. There is such power in autonomy. Um, but I think autonomy is very scary when you don't have when you don't have the privilege of groundedness and or structure that allows for that to happen or the space, right? Like the space to provide perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think is like anyone can think back in their journey of where there is conflict as you hold that, you know, if you think of a conflict that comes up to mind, first thing, you know, comes in your mind and you name that conflict and you name the people who are the players of that conflict, right? Where can I cultivate space? Where, why am I fighting? Where do I feel obligated? Am I the one creating the obligation? Who's suffering? And what truths are creating this conflict that may or may not need to be challenged? And how can I provide energy for myself to make the shift, whether it be through groundedness or conversation or connectedness. I think everyone can have some sort of moment that would probably come to mind very quickly that could be contemplated and washed through with maybe a different outcome. I keep going back to what you had said about, you know, in your youth being more confident and comfortable and even um, not wanting to be grounded, right? I think that that um, that youthful thrill of the heightened emotion and the, the um, more extreme and unbalanced sense of control of our emotions, it, it feels, you know, it, it's fun. It makes you feel like alive, you know, it's good, it's bad. Um, and so I've been thinking about that and, you know, um, and that juxtaposition of now I'm in this place in my life where that's my worst nightmare, right? where, where I'm suffering from, where I have these extremes that I can't control that can change on a dime. Mm-hmm. And all I want is to, to bring those extremes closer together so that I'm not Flying at a commercial like minutes before I'm laughing uncontrollably at something completely stupid and feeling like, or worse, more likely like ready to wring my husband's neck uncontrollably for him breathing loudly or something absolutely benign and uncontrollable, like within minutes, like these extremes. And all I want to do is like balance. And, and I don't know if you know, maybe in God forbid, I put like paramenopause in any kind of a positive light because I hate it down with it, right? Kill it. But, um, you know, there there is the smallest sense that um, that as women, because we all of a sudden have this crazy thing happen to us, <laughs> um, we are forced to think more about this and to deal and to recognize um you know the importantness of being grounded and staying centered and um, the little things we can do within ourselves 
to to you know stop this crazy and um because you know we get it to an extreme but everybody gets it we get it at all ages as extremes um but we are in a unique position because we get it to such such a heightened level to to guide others and to help and say okay like it doesn't you know it is important, even if your window is only this big and not like off the charts, like I feel like mine is sometimes. And, um, you know, it does, it does help us think about it and talk about it and recognize the importance. Um, and it's, you know, again, going back to there's so many more um, expectations on, on women to be a certain way. And, in so many ways, we are the the emotional and the the sensible rock of the family. Like we are the pillar, and we control. Like if we're going off the charts, everybody's going off the charts. Mm-hmm. And we really have to, you know, start or see that, and and you know, know. I even know. We all know it, but. Um, you know, it just, it really sucks to be the rock. <laughs> Is that, there's a lot of, yeah, there's so much um, responsibility around our internal work. It is not just for us. Yeah. I've missed you. I'm I glad missed you. we had this conversation. <laughs> I was so excited. I was so excited yesterday. I was so excited. When I woke up this morning, I was like, I can talk to me. Very cool. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. 